Welcome to Go Simcha, the podcast that takes you on an in-depth approach to the Jewish music, entertainment, and Simcha world. Now, here's your host, Zisha Littman. of Go Simcha, the podcast, is proudly sponsored by Karen Simchas Chassan Vikala. Karen Simchas Chassan Vikala was founded over 25 years ago and is based in Brooklyn, New York. KSCVK helps widows, orphans, and people who are in dire need of marrying off a child. Working through their network of vendors, KSCVK ensures that every wedding is just as special as the next. Run by world-renowned party planner Devorah Benjamin, KSCVK takes care that each wedding is as elegant as the next one, ensuring dignity and class through every wedding that they put on. To donate to KSCVK, please visit their website, kscvk.org, today. That's kscvk.org, and help make someone's wedding special. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to Go Simple the Podcast. This is our final show. We're wrapping it up right before Pesach. Um, we're going to take like a little break. I know I'm sorry. We are going to take a break from the show, um, but we'll be, we will be back after Pesach. So I figured, you know what, let's do a very awesome episode. Every episode is awesome. Let's do, let's sit down with a really cool guy this week. Um, he just put out a new single. He is someone who's been in the music business for a very long time. You've probably had him at your wedding. You've probably had heard him sing it uh, at a, at, at somebody else's wedding, um, but I'd love to welcome to the show um, Cantor Chaim David Bursum. Welcome to the show, Chaim David. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. Thank you so much for having me on the show. This is uh, very exciting. Yeah, my yeah, pleasure. Listen, said. listen. You are a very special person with a very wonderful voice, and I'm fi- I'm happy that I got to sample some of your music earlier today, and I get the pleasure of sitting down and talking with you. So, what's going on with you? Getting ready for Pesach? Yeah, definitely getting ready for Pesach, like uh, all the rest of us. You know, there's 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 two ways of getting ready for Pesach. There's some people uh, get down on their knees and scrub and clean and shop and cook, and then there's the people that have to pack. You know, <laughs> so I actually uh, for for a while, for over ten years, I've been uh, out with a program in Europe. Oh wow! I, uh, I sing, I entertain, and I'm one of the guests. So we're we're packing up our suitcases. We are leaving tomorrow to uh, Crete in Greece. Oh, lovely. Um, that's where I'm going to be for Pesach. Yeah. It's really that, nice. that sounds actually really exciting. And I heard, I heard the water over there is, is, is beautiful. It's very blue. Yes. <laughs> oh, you can find some tequilas. Exactly. That's really cool. So, so, you know, it's funny. I was going to say, you know, I'm I'm actually in Israel, so we we like we like Pesach around here because it's only seven days and not eight. And I and I and I heard that you actually grew up in in Yerushalayim. So what's that? So tell us about that. Tell us tell us about your beginning, about your story. What's your deal? So that is true. I uh, was born and raised and grew up in uh, Yerushalayim in a neighborhood called Neve Yaakov. Ah, you found- um, you may ask. Yeah. Um, but uh, so my family is originally from the United States. My parents uh, made Aliyah uh, slightly before I was, shortly before I was born. And then uh, I was born in Israel, but we spoke English at home. I'm sure many uh, American Israeli families can identify with that. Yeah. So uh, that's, that's uh, yeah, that's true. I grew up in Israel. And like you mentioned before about the, the Yom Tov, the extra second day, it's, uh, we have uh, a reminder, every Chag, that uh, it's not our home. We're in Galut. Right. 
you got to head back, you know? Right. That's so funny. So you're really Xiaomi. Yes. Yes. Um, I am. You know, when, in, in Yerushalayim growing up, when we say Yerushalmi, it's usually referring to someone who's like, you know, 10 generations in Yerushalayim. So I can't claim that. But uh, yeah, I am a Yerushalmi and uh, I hope to continue being one at some point in the future. Nice. So how did how did you growing up in the Yaakov, I mean I, I actually when I was many years ago I used to I used to kind of hang out over there as my home away from home so I know the neighborhood a little bit um, a lot of interesting people a lot of interesting places um, actually even before I moved out here to Beit Shemesh I lived I lived um, behind the fence um, over there in the Green Line in a place called Teltzion so I know the I know the area very well so how did you get into into singing how did you get into music um, living in such a um, um, it, it was a pretty Haredi community. How did you get into into this whole world of Hasanas and singing and everything like that? Um, so, obviously, uh, being Haredi and uh, that kind of community is not a contradiction to to good uh, good music and appreciation yeah, and, and, and music. And uh, I grew up in a family that really appreciates music and, and has a, a great passion and love for music. I wasn't uh, necessarily... I was very shy as a child, so I wasn't out there performing or one of those wonder child, Yelit Pele, but I loved singing, and uh, I sang in a choir a little bit when I was a kid, and, and my father, and Shabbat, and all that was always very, very uh, something that we we used to do a lot that we really um, had a passion for. So music was always out there for me, and uh, a little later on, when I was a teenager, I kind of uh, got more into it on my own. I started playing guitar. And I took some lessons, and I was practicing a lot, and, and, and when I started taking some voice lessons. I really uh, um, got got into it and started investing time and interest. Um, and when I was, I'd say, around 19, um, I started uh, doing some gigs. Oh. <laughs> you know, bar mitzvahs, small weddings, things like that. Right. I, I was still full-time in yeshiva, so I wasn't really ready to... Uh, to start doing this uh, uh, so often, but every now and then there were opportunities to do it and I would uh, take advantage. Um, not long after that, I I started studying at uh, the Tel Aviv Kintoral Institute. Um, one of the things I picked up, you know, over the years as a teenager was Chazanut, was uh, our traditional Kintorial music, which is a whole genre on its own. Right. And I really, I really, um, there are many things about it, but, but the, the level of sophistication and, and the power and the uh, powerful emotion that's, that's in that music, um, together with the fact that it's something that's really part of our tefillah, something we all do on a much smaller scale musically, but it's really a development of the tunes and the nusach that have been with us for so many years that we all do in every shul, in every community but really taking it to the next level and beyond. And that, that's something that really, really appealed to me, really, I really connected to. And now Chazanut is a lot more in style, and there's a lot more people listening and going to concerts. But back then, it was still the end of the era where it kind of, uh, it, it died down a little bit. You know, Chazanut used to be a really uh, popular, uh, you know, 50, 60 years ago. And, before then, but it sort of kind of went off the map a little bit, but it, now it, there's a revival in a way. 
So that was the beginning. So I had a few friends in Shiva and we used to get, you know, cassettes of 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 Chalanim and things like that. Then we used to listen and and you know, take them apart and discuss the different parts. It's, there's you know, a lot going on there. Um and and I loved davening for the Amud. I loved leading, you know, the Tfilot and Shoal and I, there was a family simcha or or you know, this an opening the Gabbai would have me Davin. So a few of my opportunities actually came through that. I had uh, a couple of people in the neighborhood where I grew up in Avayakov that were musicians, that were full-time musicians, and that's what they did. Right. And they heard me, and they said, hmm, you know, there's some potential there. Would you would you be interested in singing with us? And that led to, you know, a beginning of, of, uh, of, uh, of this whole thing. The same thing kind of happened with the Chazanut. It was also it was something that I just did as a hobby, and I really enjoyed. But I was at a family simcha, and I davened, did my usual thing. And there was a distant relative that I haven't really met before that's very into Chavanot, and he's good friends with Cantor uh, Naftali Erstik, which ended up to be my, my teacher. And he said, you know, you should, you should consider studying this professionally. You should go learn it, you know, in a proper way. And, and, um, and that was something that, you know, I, I was interested in and I was excited about. I just didn't really think go to a tutorial school and study. That wasn't really on my radar. But he made the proper introductions, and one thing led to another. The following year, I was uh, started studying in that school, wow. and that really opened up uh, so many doors and so many opportunities and options. And uh, you know, learning all about it and all these things that I was just fascinated with, and 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 you know, touring around the world, singing and and meeting different people um, that I would have never met if not through this. Uh, Cantorial school, and that eventually led to. Uh, and I want to let you to ask uh, ask uh, more questions, but uh, uh, eventually that's sort of what led to where I am today, and uh, working as a cantor in the oh, United that's States. That's fascinating. That's absolutely fascinating. I do have one question to ask you um, about the what's with the little hat? What's with the little hat? It's not so little. I know it's not uh, so little, but what's with that? <laughs> I've always wondered. Like you always see these pictures of of the Chazanim, and they, mm-hmm. they they got that hat. I mean, it's a cool hat. Like, don't get me wrong. Like, I, I, I own a couple of them, and I'd switch that. I'd switch my Strymel with that for a minute. But what's with the hat? Definitely a lot cheaper. Y- yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> um, so, so the truth is, uh, this is something that 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 goes way back to to Europe. And uh, especially Western Europe, okay. um, it was it was something that that wasn't um, the rabbis also wore a similar uniform in the synagogue. Clergy, the clay kodesh, the, the leaders of the community, had a special um, outfit, a special uh, uniform that they wore in the synagogue. Um, there are a lot of a lot of research and and open discussions about exactly the origins. It's hard to it's it's a little obvious that there's definitely a strong influence from from the church you know it's not so far from from that uh, outfit right but uh but at the same time there was there were there were slightly differences but that's sort of something that became became uh it became like the traditional dress code for a professional cantor that leads the synagogue and it's something there's something to it it's um like the robe that they wear is very similar to something you'd see in court. Right. Or like a, like a lawyer and a judge. And the whole reason we have those dress codes is, is to 
to it's 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 show people that it's uh, it's it's a symbol that there's something this is something special there's something you have to treat with respect this is something above just the casual and the day-to-day things that we do and uh every you know this even in the in your community probably in israel so right you know the, the rebbe has uh right. his special special dress code and and rabbis wear the frock and the hamburg there's certain right. things all these things are not we're not even necessarily invented by by uh you know by us right but they were important um a wardrobe that was used to 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 bring to add you know to the decorum and the special specialty of of what's what's going on well that's that that well that answers my question i've always wondered about that because i find, I, I like i find the lavush very interesting because as you mentioned it, it sort of like looks like something you would find in in in, in the churches but mm-hmm. it, it you know what i'm saying like it has that that look to it, but you're saying that they that they've they, it's different, obviously, and there, there are differences. But it's clearly the the reason they they use it at the church. There's a reason for it. It's not this is not something that's part of the religion. This right. is something that's more. Uh, it has an effect. It has a chashivas, and and honestly, you know, again, I can't prove this in any way. But if you really want to go back, I find that it also resembles the Kohen Gadol a little bit. So that's true. Even earlier. In history, and the mitznefet, you know, the high hat. That's it's, true. It's something regal. It's something that 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 really uh, is a prestigious, prestige and 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 uh, you know, uh, special thing. That really, right. it adds to the whole awe and and uh, specialty. Where do you get those? There's like there's like Cantor stores. Um, there are a few people that make them. Yeah, I used to get my hats <laughs> um, years ago by by in a yarmulke store in in Yerushalayim. So there was an old man that used to make kipot, and he used to make these hats as well. Um, because it is sometimes, in a way, like an extended kippah. You know, right. it's, it's similar in some ways, but it's it's soft, it's folds. It's like it's the like you, you, Yeah. <laughs> so, so yeah, so, so there are a few people out there that make them. It's not something that it's easy to find in any Judaica store, but uh, if you need one, I can hook you up. Totally. I, I, I'm, I'm totally, I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm totally there. Wow. We'll put a special ad on uh, gosimcha.com for uh, Cantor uh, hats. Well, we, you know, well, that, that's something we don't, we don't do ads on, on principle. Um, oh, but you know, we can, you can hook up people, you know, that need, can, that's what you do, right? For their, uh... We can embroider it. <laughs> yeah. You can have a go Simcha logo on the, if I, if I were to, what? if I were, if I were to, if I were to put embroider your, your cantorial hat with my logo, would you wear it? <laughs> um, I would wear it. Uh, I don't know if I would wear it in the synagogue, but I, I could wear it for you, you know, Sabala. get a couple of pictures. Sabala. Well, uh, so you, next time, next time you're here, we're we're gonna make it happen. I have a friend of mine who has an embroidery company. We'll make it happen. Let's do it. Um, Let's do it. That's exciting. You you just made my day. But no, I'm you you. Wow, you have a very. That's a fascinating story of how it all kind of like came together. And it must be interesting to mm-hmm. have gone to like this Cantorial Tel Aviv Cantorial Institute. Like, what kind of like, what kind of people are there? Like, what what kind of people graduated in your? In, I guess graduated in your class. Like what? What have these people gone on and done the same thing you're doing, but in a different way? Because I know, like you said, Chazanus is kind of coming back in style. It's not necessarily like a from thing as well. I've seen videos on YouTube of people doing Chazanus, 
but it's not necessarily like not everybody's doing it with that same um intent like in like like you're saying right right um yeah absolutely um it's, it's a great question the television institute is has been uh uh one of the best experiences of my life and uh still is i'm Obviously, I'm still in touch, and I go back to visit every now and then when I'm in Israel. Um, and still there, full of talented students. And it's, uh, you know, you should, uh, if it ever works for you, you should go visit. It's, uh, it's quite an experience to see um, how it all happens. So one of the specialties of the school, for me, the special experiences, were exactly what you said, that it's not something that um, is really only for one kind of person or for one kind of community or one kind of background. You know, in yeshiva, so usually there's a yeshiva for this community, yeshiva for that community. You know, it's usually you kind of are surrounded by people that are have similar values and similar backgrounds and similar goals. There, it's, it's you know, there's one common denominator, which is hazanut and music and a passion for tefillah and, and singing. So I've I've met the the most amazing group of people that I probably would have never met in any other place. And and some of them became my best friends, and uh, it it was just so special that you would have this group of like, on one end you'd have a Gerim Hasidim with the full you know, uh, before get up, and and on the other hand you'd have you know, uh, modern Orthodox Kipot Sulgot. Some we had at the time there was a young guy that had like this afro. <laughs> he was coming. He was from America, but it was like, but everyone you know. It, it, it worked so well together because we all shared the same passion and the same same uh, inter- interest, and we just made music together, and it was such a special thing because you 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 get to meet amazing people that you unfortunately would not meet otherwise, and um, you know studying together on a weekly basis and then performing that shows together, traveling around the world together really creates these amazing bonds and these amazing connections and. Again, on top of all that, doing music, which is something we all share a love and a passion for, it, it just it was such a great experience. And the, the, the head of the school is a cantor, Naftali Herstik, uh, one of the well-known cantors in the world. He was the chief cantor at the Great Synagogue in Jerusalem for many, many years. Um, and uh, he's just an incredible teacher. Uh, and he has a whole whole team there. We have Raymond Goldstein, that's a known uh, um, arranger, composer, and accompanist that that coached us, and and a few other teachers that are just really great in their field. And um, that was something that that I learned so much from, and also, like I said at the beginning, just opened up the door to this whole world out there of of communities that have chazanim. And it's not it's not necessarily the communities that we might know or that I grew up in. It's very very different, but they still have that culture of of having a professional cantor, Chazan, lead the davenings every week, not just on the holidays, not just in the Chagim. And it's uh, it's uh, special. Oh, 100%. Now, it's it's funny, we're, we're, say, we're talking about the, the, Chazan, the, the Chazana side of you. Um, before, we, before we hit the record button, we're having a fun conversation about how the other side of you is that you're kind of a hybrid as you mentioned before to me, that you, not mm-hmm. only are you a chazan, but you also, you also sing in the conventional Jewish music space as well. So 
and you just put out some new music and you have had a couple albums out there. So how, how that, how that happened? How'd you break into that space? So that was always going on at the same time. I actually started as, as a singer and started, you know, with regular pop Jewish music. That was what I grew up with and I loved and I loved singing. So I, I started my first, my first gigs were, were weddings and, bar mitzvahs and different you know kumzitzes and, and and stuff like that so that stuff was always there and i before i moved to the united states um i i was a full-time wedding singer in israel very busy i was like almost every night um you know all over the country and it's something that that i was doing you know i was doing i was doing a great job i think you know and i was working with all the bands it was a lot of fun and uh it just shifted you know when i moved to the united states i kind of moved here for a, a, a Chazanut uh, uh, position. So that kind of took over for a little bit, but then slowly I started getting back into the scene over here. And now I'm doing a lot of, a lot of smachot and I work with a lot of bands and uh, I've done several projects over the years of recordings and, and shows of, of what we call Musica Hasidit. And, and, uh, and recently about a little over a year ago, I put out my, my first uh, full album which was, you know, mainstream Jewish music, not uh, not anything else. And uh, it's, that must be it's crazy, been a great though. experience. That, as I say, that must be crazy, though, like from what, like to, to be classically trained in Chazanut and like to, to be involved in such a rich um, music and, and, and that side of things and then shift over to like conventional pop music. Like that must be like that must be like very interesting in your head. Like you know, you must. How do you how do you deal with it? I'd I'd lose my mind. It is. Yeah, I, I do. I do ask myself uh, um, <laughs> this question all the time, and I I find myself thinking about it a lot, and and you know, dealing with different projects and different situations. It really brings that out. And uh, the truth is, I'm still looking for the answer. I I enjoy both. I can can relate to both. I, I, I can do both. So right. I still, you know, uh, would like to do, I, I, you know, people always say you have to, you have to choose, you know, to make a decision and, and choose one way and go with it. And I, I, I could relate to that, but at the same time, I'm not there yet. And I feel that there's, it doesn't have to be, uh, uh, separate, you know, obviously there are a lot of things that, that, that are very different and, and they don't really work in, in each side. But uh, I'm, you know, I'm so, in some ways I'd like to find the proper blend. You know, it doesn't mean that someone who who's doing um, mainstream Jewish music can be classically trained and 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 have the knowledge of of of, of that classical side. And at the same time, I and and honestly, you know, you said there's a, there's a revival of Chazanut, which is true in a way. But but at the on the other end it's still nowhere near what it used to be. And it's like the average shul does not have the, the, the interest in hearing Chazanut on a regular Shabbat. Right. You know, it's more, it's back as entertainment. People go to a show to hear it. People have right. a special Shabbat Chazanut and they'll bring, but you know, no, people go to shul, it's kind of separate from their shul. So right. I, that's where I really bring those two together where I, where I work, where I sing every Shabbos. I'm not doing necessarily Chazanut and anything heavy. I, I, my knowledge of Chazanut and, and experience, I can do a proper tefillah, but at the same time blend it with, 
with contemporary and current nigunim and tunes and, and songs that everyone knows and have like a lighter flowing davening that's not really very different it's kind of like the regular light it's kind of like Hazanas light yes in a way and but at the same time i could pull it out when necessary every now and then especially on high holidays so there's more room for the traditional stuff right. and also just knowing the structure of tefillah and knowing the proper modes and 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 tunes that are that should be used in, in, in tefillah there's such a rich uh Mesora tradition for that part oh, that for it's, sure. and it doesn't it doesn't in any way have to be a conflict or, or a contradiction. It's it's like, for example, and this is something that's at a very basic level. But in in my show currently, they love we sing the whole kedusha and musaf from beginning to end. Wow. So instead of doing nusaf for the first few verses and then singing at the end, we do a different nigunim for every every paragraph. Right. Now, I I choose my nigunim for the first two at least. They have to be in major. It could right. be a song. Right, it could be a, right. a popular song, but it should be in major because that's what the nusach is. That's what's appropriate for that text. Right. Then, moving on to the second part of kedusha, then I can vary. I can go to minor. I can go to, you know, friggish. I can go to different things that are that are more because the nusach also shifts over there. So that's just an example of how it doesn't necessarily have to work against each other. It's not all or nothing. And in the end, then the parts where you dive in this, like they take the same amount of time. You're just doing them properly. And, and, and really making something out of it and understanding the framework really enhances both. Right. Yeah, for sure. Um, now, have you ever thought of doing some sort of like mashup, but like an album where you do like kind of like a mashup, bring the, bring the, the classical Chazanut with the contemporary Jewish music and kind of bring them together? Uh, I've thought about it. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, uh, it's a cool idea and it's something that, that, uh, um, is out there, um, you know, it's something that has to be valued if there's a market for it and, and, and how to do it. If you listen to one of my songs, the, the first song that I put out as a single a few years ago, and it's on the album, it's called Echad Hashem. Yeah. It has a bridge in there that kind of is like a taste of that cantorial side. So it's like a very upbeat contemporary song, but in the middle there's like a Shema Yisrael that, that's fully cantorial. Um, but on top of like, you know, modern music so it 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 uh there were singers over the years that tried doing that um it's it's out there it's on the table it's on the shelf you know it might might happen it sounds it sounds like it would be quite interesting i would i would buy the album it sounds like it'd be very very interesting okay i know i have already at least one customer oh, there you go. so that's uh it's a good start i'm an easy sale though I, I, I guess ah. I'm, I, I'm a musician. I'm a music lover, um, and I understand. I understand this kind of stuff. That's why I find I find Kozanis like fascinating, because and Tefila very like Tefila on a broader on a broader scale. Like it's really it's really if you look at Tefila, like you know how you're saying how you you go in and you you bridge you bring the music into the Tefila and you really make and like like embody it. Like you see mm-hmm. that Tefila is is in essence like a piece it's just like a piece of music the way it's structured the way it's the way we the way we say it over when we we daven and i always found that very fascinating and i was always like that was one of the many things i always like to learn more in depth like more being was was tefillah and i found that Mm -hmm. that was the connection the music and it's not just like you go into shul and you have somebody singing on on chavis or or you know there's more to it than that and i think it's really cool that you do that's what you do 
Absolutely. It's, it's, there's so much there. And, and in some ways there's, uh, um, there are people that know, and, and there is an appreciation, but I find that there's some, in some ways, there's a lot of people that just were never exposed to the level of, of, of that it can take us and the music oh, that, that we have in our tefillah. And, and there's, going back to what we discussed before again, it's just the chavanut and yes, chavanut, not chavanut. There's a lot of things that are, people just like, like to categorize and put in a box. Oh, that's chavanut, not for me. They don't even give it a chance. And sometimes if it comes a different way, it's not scary. It's not under that name. Right. It, there's, there's like, I get that comment so many times. Oh, I, I, I really can't stand Chazanut or I don't like Chazanut, but I really enjoy this. I really enjoy right. what you did. Um, because if it's, if it's just, you know, delivered in, in the right way and, and suddenly people are open to listening, it's not about Chazanut, not Chazanut. It's, it's about the, the soul. It's about Neshama. It's about the connection uh-huh. between the feelings and, and the meanings of the meaning of the words the music you're using and, and really making it work and doing it in a, in a beautiful way and, and engaging people in that because the whole reason we have music as such a, a, a major part of our, our tefillah and anything holy that we do, we always have music, you know, it's something that, that, that's just built in and, and, and you can't separate the two because you, you can't reach the same, same connection, the same level by just saying a text. You right. could reach, you know, there's certain things you could, and, and text has its power and, and, and the words. But at the same time, the, the, what music can, can, the way music can elevate a person and, and emotionally connect him to certain things, there's no way to achieve that otherwise. And, and, and it's really, it's really a, a powerful thing that, that, that's and a special thing that we have. And, you know, just, just have to use it in the right way. It's funny how you're saying that people um, are, are, are sometimes put off by Chazanut because they, they think, oh, it's not for them, whatever, you know, but, but then when you repackage it and you repurpose it and, and, and bring it out in another, in another way, people are like, oh, wow, this is really cool, really interesting. You know, as, as part of what I do for a living, I'm a, I'm, I'm a marketing professional, is that's part of what we do for people is that when you, when some people perceive something, when people see something from a new perspective, what it could, it could literally be the same product. It could be the same thing, but it's, 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 it's different. And people don't 100%. And I think that's pretty cool what you do. You know, you bring this to, you bring this to a whole new light and bring this to a whole new attention. Um, now you just came out with a song, correct? You, you just came out with a, yes. new, a new song. Um, I loved it. I listened to it and it was, it was very poppy, but it was very, but at the same time I could, I could hear your, the, your, where your background, your musical background in it also. Like I could hear, I could hear out, out the notation. I could hear everything come out in that. So what was behind that song? What, why'd you want to come out with a, this type, this song? Wow. First of all, thank you for the, the compliments. That's uh, nice to hear. Um, and uh, so, <laughs> so the, the truth is that um, since since the album came out a year ago, I've been involved with a couple of other projects and different different genres of music that I do, and and stuff's been out there. But I haven't put out something pop mainstream. And I'm doing it all the time, you know, at weddings and and, and events. And it's something I had this song sitting. It actually, I when I was collecting songs for the album, this was a song that I really liked, and I, I, you know, purchased the rights to use it, and it was just sitting there. 
it didn't make it into the album, but it was something that I had in mind to use in a future album or in some in some setting. And um, I started working on it, you know, a while ago. I sent it out to uh, uh, Yitzi Berry and Ellie Klein that are just uh, a fantastic duo, super talented that, you know, they really did a couple of things on my album and I did a, kind of, a couple of other things with them. They're really such a pleasure to work with. And we started working on the arrangement till we found something that really worked. Um, you know, one of the things today, I don't know if you see that end of the business so much, but a lot of composers now, when they write songs and they send them out to singers, they really have almost their full arrangement behind it. It's not so difficult to to use, you know, a MIDI and stuff like that and put together uh, a sample. Um, in, and, it, and it works because, like, you know, marketing, it, it makes the, the song uh, uh, sound much better. And, and like you can imagine... Um, how how it could be used when you hear it with the music right. versus you know it used to be or still today some people would just send you you know a little recording from their phone with you know you hear like the fire the truck in the background and whatever was going on there and it's a little harder to imagine what it can sound like right so it had it had already an arrangement but we wanted to take it to something new and even newer more 2019 uh fresh so we you know, together we were able to come up with this concept. And then, you know, the vocals were recorded here in, in, in America, which is also great that you can do that. Um, send it back and forth. It's no big deal. Um, and I, on that, actually, I worked this time with a, a vocal producer named Jesse Tiberg. You know that name. He's done a lot of major projects, uh, worked with all the great singers in the business. He's really, really special to work with. And uh, the vocals, you know, things take time and until you get the, the finished product and mixing and mastering. And uh, it's just something I wanted to put out because it's, it's a great song. It's a great message. And, uh, um, you know, just to, to the whole idea is that we, 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 first of all, if we could, we would just make music because we love it and because we, uh, we enjoy it and we want the music to be out there. But it's also, uh, you, want, you want to have a presence in the market and you want to put out good stuff so people can, can, can listen to it and, and associate it with you and, and hear about you. So it was a, it's a good time to put out something and it's a great song. So no, um, really before cool. Pesach, especially is always a good time to put out music. People are, are Ben Azmanim and they're, they're traveling and they're, you know, so something no, upbeat that can uh, be a soundtrack to, to all the preparations. No, definitely. So, so how did you end up in America? How did a nice, nice boy from Yushalayim end up in, in, in New York City and being the chazan in a shul in Manhattan? Um, so nine years ago, um, I got a call from uh, the assistant rabbi at the Jewish Center at the time. It was uh, Rabbi Ariel Orkovsky. He was the head of the search committee. I was looking for a new chazan for the shul. The previous chazan had left and they were out there looking and um, the connection was made and he reached out to me and said, uh, we're looking for a chazan. Uh, we heard about you. Would you be interested? And um, so I sent a couple of things. I sent the resume and, and recordings and, and one thing led to another. I came in for a Shabbat for a tryout where I led, you know, all the davenings over Shabbos and, and uh, they said, okay, we're interested. So we worked out all the details um and and that was that was really how it happened i was uh, i wasn't planning on this you know it was a very, it was a special 
special blessing. You know, a lot of times when you're looking for a job, when you need a job, it's harder than when you're looking for, when you're not looking for something and you get an opportunity. Right. So you don't have the, the pressure and the, the nerves as much. So I sort of went for the ride. I had not much to lose and it was a you know great experience. And then it worked out. So it was just a very, very special bonus. It was a big decision to leave everything in Israel and, you know, all, all my, uh, my work at, uh, at the weddings and the family that are still there. And uh, I also had for a couple of years um, uh, a job as a Chazan in Montreal, but it was part-time. It was for just for the high holidays and a few times during the course, over the course of the year. So that was also something that I really enjoyed, but obviously couldn't compare it to a full-time job. And the decision was made. So I, I you know, closed up shop and uh, gathered my stuff and got on a plane and moved to New York City, which was uh, uh, a start of, a, of a, an amazing journey. And the community is amazing. And they really brought me in, embraced me. And, and doing this, uh, being able to do this on a weekly basis and life cycle events and just being part of the community is really is the real deal. It's, uh, it's, it, you can really maximize the 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 power and the the opportunity of of doing of singing and, and engaging people and inspiring people. Nice. And uh, and that's been that's been for the past like I said the past nine years. Um, you know a lot has happened a lot of good things. I when I left Israel I was single, and I moved wow. out here as a single guy. Uh, I was 27 years old, and uh, and then a couple of years later I met my wife and uh, we got married and five years ago. And uh, we have a, a daughter that's three. Uh, uh, her name is Anna Er. She's uh, uh, amazing. <laughs> it's, it's such and, a uh, like my kids in my in their in their in their gun in, the, in one of my that my kids have. I think each one of my kids in their in their schools has like one or two Anna Els. Such an yeah, it's a beautiful kid. name. We really loved it, and uh, we love the meaning of the name and just the sound of it. And you know, we it was something interesting if you mentioned the name. So we chose it because we like just, you know, Anael and, and, and the sound of it and, and sort of beautiful name and it worked for us. But uh, shortly after that, um, my father actually showed me that he found in a, in a safer that um, we know that all the, most of the names that end with, uh, with L are, are names of angels. Right. Gabriel, Michael, Raphael, that have different uh, Tafkidim, different different roles, often uh, in Shomayim, and there's a malach named Anna El that's in charge of the gates of Tefillah. Wow, which is just you know so <laughs> right. They say that 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 when we give our children names, there's a Hashem gives us a little bit of uh, of ruach hakodesh, a little bit of nevuah, mm-hmm. um, something that you know. How can you choose a name that's gonna be the character of a person for the rest of his life when he's just born. But somehow, right. it's, uh, so it really all, all came full circle. It's very, very special. Yofi. Yofi, Yofi. Now you mentioned to me also before that you're heading, you're, you're, you're heading out for Pesach. Is this a regular occurrence? Or you, when was the last time you yeah. had Pesach? When was the last time you had Pesach not in, in, in another country? So I, uh, I've been do, working with this program for over 10 years now. Oh, wow. Um, I, there were, there were, there was once or twice in the middle that like once when our daughter was born and once we just got married that we, we could, we couldn't travel and we, we ended up uh, staying home for Pesach. But, uh, even then as a young couple, uh, we went to my in-laws. 
So it wasn't that we ever had to really uh, yet make uh, a proper Pesach in our, in our, in our place, but uh, traveling for Pesach has, has been a great experience. And especially now where the family joined, it's, uh, it's really, really nice. And, you know, we have our Pesach friends, you know, there's people that come back every year and we've been doing this for so long that we look forward to spending Yom Tov with them and seeing them. And it's a program in Europe, so you get people from all over the world. So once again, it's another opportunity to just, uh, uh, you know, broaden the, the scale of, of, of who you meet and, and, and who you get to know. And uh, friends from Israel that I also just get to see, you know, once a year on Pesach. But it's a nice, uh, nice get together. Wow. And uh, it's, it's it's fun. And and it must be it must be a nice experience. It really must be a nice experience to go and and sing for people and also like be mashpia on them with your tefillas, no? Absolutely. Absolutely. It's very, very special and and it's different also. You know, it's a different uh, it's a different vibe, it's a different atmosphere, it's a different setting of a shoal. It's a little more of a of a Heimish kind of, you know, Stiebel style davening, the Sukhsvard. So it's an opportunity for me to, to connect those roots and, and do something a little different. Um, and, you know, it's, 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 it's also the setting because of it. I mean, people on vacation, it's holiday. Right. Everything is just, it's just a good and, you know, it's in a beautiful hotel. So davenings are great. And, and then we do shows during Cholamoid and we have a band coming in from Israel and singers. So it's a whole, it's really, you know, there you go. There you go. And, and, and I have to say, Greece is a very nice place. It is. It is. Especially in the resorts. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's great. And the weather hopefully will be nice. It should be basically it's very close to what it is in Israel. It's a very similar. Yeah. It just got hot here. It it just, it just started to get hot here. Good, good. It, so yeah, it has just started. It has begun. So, you know, and out here in Bitchemish, when it gets hot, it gets hot. So, we're uh, prepared. I know. We are prepared. Yep, yep, yep. And I mentioned to you before. I just wanted to mention also that um, uh, I've been here for nine years, and Bezat Hashem, this summer I am going to be moving to uh, to a new show on the east side. Uh, known as uh, KJ, Kehilat Yeshurun, um, a very big special show. And, uh, not far from where I am now, but uh, just very excited for that, just the opportunity to start, you know, in a new community, a fresh start. Any and, reason uh, why, you're, why, you're, why you're moving? It's, uh, it was, uh, it was a, a great opportunity. It's a larger community. They have a big school as part of the community and just was an opportunity for me to do more work in my field. Um, than than I was doing at the moment, and uh, it was just you know a better a better opportunity for me and my family and and uh, growing in many ways, um, and uh, it just came at the right time. I, I my contract was up over here, and we were discussing renewal. Obviously, they wanted me to stay, but uh, this opportunity came my way, and it was just uh, too good to say no to. Well, there you go, Baruch Hashem. It's funny, you know, like when I first started talking to you and I found out that you were Israeli, I was like, oh, this guy doesn't sound like he's Israeli. But now after sitting here talking to you for the past hour, I was like, wow, yeah, I, I hear I hear that I hear that Israeli English. Yeah, yeah, it's 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 gotten better over the years, but uh, 
I can't, uh, I can't erase my past. No, it's okay. <laughs> it's, it, yeah. it's, it's okay. My, my kids, my kids speak the same, so it's fine. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you're, it's all, it's all good. I'm used to it, but wow. You know, this, this was, this was mind blowing. This was very, very cool to go behind the scenes and understand the world of Chazanut and understand, um, you, you as a singer, as a musician, um, and to really give our listeners a, a new perspective on that world. And it's cool that you were, like I said, you're high, like you said yourself, you're a hybrid and you kind of go both ways and you kind of bring it together. And, and that's pretty cool. It seems like it's something that's not really done in your, in your circles in, in the world of Hazanut. Um, but more power to you. So I'm David. It was a pleasure having you on the show and I wish you that's luck over Pesach. You should enjoy yourself. You should, you should have fun. You should, you should sing, entertain, be much be on people. That's what it's all about. You know, part of what I love doing the show is it is I get to hear everybody's story and see how much hashpa you guys give over to people. Like you guys, whether you realize it or not, you guys give over tremendous, give tremendous amounts of hashpa to people and, and chizik and all sorts of things that really like, you know, you have the, like, Again, whether you realize it or not, and it's amazing. Yes, Amen. Thank you, and and it's very true. We just, you know, I always said, Darwin, that I'll be worthy to uh, to to do this. La to really uh, do to be to do this right, you know, and to to uh, utilize uh, this powerful tool for good and in the right way. Well, there you go. Uh, same to you. Thank you so much for for having me on the show, and uh, sure. it was a pleasure pleasure virtually meeting you. And yeah. uh, I hope well, to I'm meet sure. you in person soon. That, and uh, you're going to get my logo. Samaya. You're going to get my logo uh, on your hat. Yes, yes, that's going to be that's going to be uh, uh, happen soon. So it's going to be great. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know when we say Lashana Aba Birushalayim, you know we mean it. So it's uh, it's it's going to happen any day now. And uh, yeah, just you know, keep 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 doing the amazing stuff you do, and uh, I hope to uh, to keep sharing great music with you and with everyone else. And we should see everyone at Smachot. Uh, go Simcha. Go Simcha. There we go. Shkayach. You've just listened to another wonderful episode of Go Simcha the podcast. For more news, updates, and information on our next episode, like us on Facebook. Follow us on Instagram at GoSimchaLive. And don't forget to check out the show notes and videos on www.gosimcha.com along with zeradio.com. Thanks for listening, and remember, Go Simcha!